rewind to November 2014, and Josh Minogue produced a win for the ages. He upset the field to claim victory at the Coolangatta Gold, the most gruelling event on the surf sport calendar. Yet his success at Coolangatta marked the end of an era for the now 31-year-old, who had always intended for that race to be his swan song. He made the switch to amateur triathlon in 2015, and the challenge of struggling through the initial events had him hooked. Minogue is now preparing for his debut at the Hawaii Ironman World Championship in the 30-34 age group. Welcome to the Multisport Mega Podcast as we sit down with Joshua Minogue to talk about the progression in the two Ironman sports. Well, Josh Minogue, welcome to the Multisport Mega Podcast. So you've had an intriguing sporting past. Uh, take us back to when you were a youngster and how things started for you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I guess I'm a bit of a bitter. I grew up in Wollongong um, and we live close to the ocean and it was kind of thrall is where I grew up at and made famous by the likes of Darren and Dean Mercer, Reese Drury, who's another guy on the coast at the moment. There was a lot of really good Ironmen in close proximity when I grew up. Dad knew them really well, did some handling for them. So I grew up just wanting to be a surf Ironman from the age of, well, as long as I can remember. And there was the likes of Jonathan Crow and Phil Clayton at training, some other guys, Wes Berg, and a really, really good group of Ironmen that I'd see at swimming training every morning. And then I'd see a lot of them in the afternoons. And I was the kid in the tent at surf carnivals that would annoy the absolute crap out of them just before the Aussie final and they put my head in the sand and kicked me out and sent me on my way and um, so that's where the love of surf life saving kind of grew for me but and it always been something I did grew up in through a surf club and um, just loved it can remember watching Darren win at Freshwater and I think he won a hundred thousand dollars that day and I remember seeing the check and just and I grew up with those guys in my periphery so I love surf sports and and I, as I kind of got a little bit older, I knew I had to swim to be an Ironman, so I got involved in swimming and, and got competitive in that as well. And, and um, that was kind of what we did all summer long. Um, played footy in the winter, wasn't very good. Played for the mighty Thoreau Butchers, but um, I got to about 15 or 16 and I was done with that. And um, at the time I was probably 15 it was the 2000 olympics and i got to see michael klim and those sorts of guys win gold medals in a hometown so at about that point i just wanted to be a swimmer slash iron man i liked kai hurst um if i could be a poor man's kai hurst it would have been something that would have been a dream kind of thing so um at about 15 or 16 i put all my energies into trying to make the well, 2004, 2008 Olympics, somewhere in there. And um, basically went all in, swam with a, a coach by the name of Ron McKeon, who outside of my parents was, he was like a father figure to me. Um, you might know the name McKeon, his son and daughter, Emma and David are now on the Australian team. Emma won five medals at the um, Rio Olympics and is an absolute star, but I, grew up with him as my coach and a lot of the things I learned as an athlete came out of Ron. He was the Australian um, open water head coach for a long time there and we had that relationship from about the age of maybe 10 or 11 through to 18 where I'd spend five or six hours a day with him and probably less time with my family sort of thing so it was a it was an important part of my development that swimming and I did reasonably well. I wasn't 
spectacular by any stretch of the imagination, but I wasn't terrible either. Um, I probably don't like to give myself a rap, but yeah, I was in the Australian junior team and I was close to making um, Australian Open teams, but never got there. Um, I guess I was just that level below and I didn't realise until a few years afterwards that I, I sit pretty comfortably with what I did because um, I left everything out there like I knew I'd done everything I possibly could do to get to the Olympic Games in terms of swimming. The guys around me at the time were very good. Um, who, were you, who were you racing against around that time? Uh, the likes of Andrew Lauderstein, he got third at the Olympics to Michael Phelps and Milorad Kavic um, in the 100 butterfly. I swam a bit of butterfly, a bit of freestyle. He was in my age group growing up the entire time. I swam against him. Um, Nick Darcy, another sunny coast that most people know for good or bad, but Nick and I grew up together, raced basically our whole junior careers. There was a lot of good guys, Kenrick Monk. Um, I was that Stephanie Rice, Bronte Barrett, Kylie Palmer. They were the girls in our sort of age group. And um, I had a really, really good group of swimmers around me. Grant Britz, who was one of my best friends in the world, got a bronze at the Olympics. Those guys were um, coming through and made that 2008 team. I missed out and um, decided enough was enough. I'd, I do have the pleasure, or I don't know if it was pleasure, but I did race Michael Phelps in California over 200 butterfly <laughs> in 2006. Um, I've never been more intimidated in my entire life. I was 2006, I must have been 19, got picked on an Australian team, like a development team to go to California and race there. And all the best guys in the world went to the, well, all the best guys in the US, a lot of Australians went over, a lot of the college swimmers come to these sort of meets in Santa Clara. And I make the 200 butterfly final with another sunny coast guy, Josh Crow as well. Um, and I'm in lane six and Michael Phelps is in lane four. And I, at the time I swam about two minutes for 200 butterfly, which wasn't terrible. Um, wasn't enough, but wasn't terrible. And I think he swam 154. So I knew I was in deep, deep trouble going into this final. And um, I've never seen anything like it. Like I swam against some good guys, some really, really good guys. And um, I sat in the marshalling room and he came in with a, a hoodie on and a towel over his head and his headphones in. And I've never been less focused in my entire life on what I was supposed to be doing and more focused on what he was doing at the time. And he wasn't that much older than me. Really nice guy. And I think I had him for about six or seven meters in the race. And then he just, <laughs> he spat me out the back. And so in a swimming career where I didn't, achieve a whole lot that was probably a highlight um yeah and it was something special and i don't tell many people that because probably most people don't believe me or don't care but i like that one it's a it's a good story but um so what was that was everyone else looking at him as well in the room or was well, the focus on Pils? some were and some weren't there was a guy davis tarwater there who swam at the olympics as well i think he got fourth or fifth an american guy i said they were racing and crowy josh crow at the time had i think he got third at the commonwealth games in 200 butterfly and he was a world-class 200 butterfly swimmer and i think they were like acting like world-class swimmers and i was acting like a domestic kid that had been thrown in the deep end with this um yeah with this behemoth and it was do you know, Ed, the, the worst part of it was when he stands on the blocks, he swings his arms and slaps. You can hear that slap. And 
I knew I wasn't ready to swim quick because I was waiting for that slap when I was standing on the blocks instead of waiting for the start. Like, and I heard it and I was like, holy hell, I'm in over my head here. But it's a cool story now. But yeah, he was a really nice guy. And not that I spent a whole lot of time with him or anything like that, but it was nice after the race and that. But it's a cool story and something I'll be able to tell my kids that I raced the greatest of all time in the pool in his event um, in California. So that was that was probably the highlight of my swimming career. And, and then... Did you keep it pretty close on him during the race as far as where oh, he was? Oh, yeah. Well, I probably couldn't see him. He was that far <laughs> in front. <laughs> Over the first 25, I think I had a look. But after that, I was just battling. 200 Butterfly wasn't exactly the, uh, the nicest race. But he, at that point, hadn't been beaten... Oh, the last time he'd been beaten at 200 Butterfly was at the Sydney Olympics as a 14-year-old when he came fifth and then didn't get beaten until Nick Darcy beat him in 2010. So he went a 10-year stretch there of untouchable at that level of competition. And I think he only got beat twice anyway. The only other time was Chad LeClow at... In 2012 at the Olympics, so I wasn't too stressed about racing it, but it was just good to be involved. And um, yeah, that was the extent of my swimming career. And I kind of missed the 2008 Olympics. Um, had tried to make the relay team and got really sick the week before. But even if I hadn't have been sick, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have got there anyway. I wasn't quick enough. Um, and moved home I was living in Sydney at the time swimming with a guy Kenrick Monk and Grant Britz and moved home and was like I don't know what I'm going to do I had to finish uni I think I had 12 months left of a uni degree so I decided I'll oh, cool and get a gold is seven months away or something I might just do that and then that'll be it and I'll drink beer and go out and do all the things that you don't do as an athlete and um, I started training for the cool and get a gold and I'd, as a kid, I'd come to the Sunshine Coast on holidays and Darren Mercer had been living up here and he'd been training with Michael King, coach up here. So I'd go and jump in with the junior squad with Kingy and knew Kingy reasonably well and he'd always been so good to me and such a good coach. So I rang him and said, can I come and spend a couple of weeks up here in the winter because it gets cold in Wollongong. It gets real cold. The southerly starts to blow and it's a nightmare. Um, and I moved to the, oh, I came up to the sunny coast, spent two or three weeks. And Kingy said to me, if you ever want to do this properly and ever want to have a go, give me a call and we'll sort it out. And I did the gold and I think I came 15th or 16th, like just way out the back. Yeah. And, and I got in fear and I enjoyed it. I loved it because I'd watched it since I was a kid and you'd hear stories about Darren winning and Kingy winning in 91 and that was what it was all about. Like you did the gold, it was the toughest test in the sport. And I was really fit. So I thought, oh, well, I'll have a race over the summer as well and we'll see how it goes. And ended up joining Malula Bar because I could swim and they needed well they didn't need swimmers they had swimmers but they had really good teams at that point so I thought oh, I'll have a swim with the guys up there and I I then moved to the sunny coast over summer and that was it for me I'd, I got a summer on the sunshine coast I'd been in Wollongong and it was cold and miserable and I think I rang my old man um in maybe February and I'm like, oh, I'm not coming home. Like, <laughs> like I'm going to go home and pack my, I went home and packed my car and I think I drove back up like six weeks later and that was, must have been 
eight or nine years ago now, 10 years ago almost now, and I've just never went back and decided that I didn't even know what I was going to do. Like I wasn't a very good Ironman at the time, like 15th in the gold in a reasonable field, but wasn't like I could swim, but that was it. My board and ski were terrible and some would probably say nothing ever changed, but um, <laughs> yeah. And I just decided that I was going to give myself a couple of years to try and maybe make the series and see how that went. And when, when you're a nipper in, in yeah. surf sports, did you show much ability in, in the ski? And the oh, no, nah, no, nah, not at all. Um, I was like, as a nipper up until under 14s or 15s, I was terrible. Like I'd make the, like the local team and roll around and I got to 14 and 15 and I just got tired of getting beaten. And there was a real, uh, well, there was a lot, an attitude around Wollongong at the time that if you had to do anything, it was just hard work that was gonna get you there. Like guys like Dean Mercer, you'd see him every day and I don't think he'd mind me saying it was zero talent and all effort kind of thing. So that was the attitude at the time. So I I think a lot of that sort of started to seep in around that 13 and 14. And it was just, I decided I was going to, if I wanted something, I was going to work harder than anyone else to kind of get it. And that was, I guess, the theme throughout both my swimming. Like I wasn't a talented swimmer, but I worked really hard and I definitely wasn't a talented Ironman because I'd had a lot of time out of the surf and in the pool. So didn't have great skills, had to work on it, um, had to stay back and do extras and all that sort of stuff. But it was just, I don't know, it's just the hand you dealt. Like you don't, um, I think people get upset when guys are more talented or whatever it is. Like, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. So you either work your way around it, like physically work your way around it, or you give up on it. And I wasn't going to give up on it. I was having too much fun. So I just busted my butt. And and by the age of sort of 16 or 17, I'd gotten reasonably well at it and I got reasonably good at it. And then kind of went away to the swimming thing and came back after six years of not really doing much. Um, and that was tough to come back to it and to be at the back and have the little kids in front of you and stuff. But it's good, like it was humbling. And I arrived here at a really good time when guys like Matt Poole had just moved here, Jack Hansen, who was really, and he's a great coach now, but he was a really good Ironman as well. I don't think he gets enough credit. Um, he just moved here from Victoria. There was the new biggins that had arrived and a bunch of guys and girls that didn't have any family and we became like a little family kind of thing. Like I didn't know anyone here except Pooley and um, and Jack. And then um, the likes of like Ali Day moved in, Kendrick came up, Hayden White rolled in, uh, Matt Bevilacqua over the next two, three, four years. And they were all the same. We had no family up here, no one looking after us. If we ended up in hospital or prison, the only other people we could call were those boys. So it was like a family affair kind of thing. And it was good. We spend every day with them and, and Kingy was the only one looking after us the whole way through. So it was, um, I'm super grateful. Like they're the guys that'll be like, I'm getting married in, 18 months or so on 12 months now but they're the guys that'll be standing beside me and i just met them at the beach on the sunny coast and yeah it was good so i just it was the right place at the right time i think for me and yeah i got super lucky that i rolled into that group and then how did that evolve because then you ultimately became part of the uh the ironman surf series yeah yeah and it sort of took 
it took not longer than I thought. Like the first year was tough. It was two two steps forward, one step back. Like I'd have a really good result, not even in that Ironman series, just in the other events around it. I'd have a good result and think, oh, I can compete with these guys and then have two really bad results and just, oh, I'm, I'm never going to make this. And then it, at some point they changed the the trial and they put really long run legs in it and the they probably put a k run leg in the trial and um michael king was famous for if you wanted to be ready to go into the trial which was normally about this time of year september kind of thing he was the man to get you ready for it and he we did some really really tough sessions and i think there were six spots and we got five of them, as in the boys that trained together had picked up five of them. I think Matt won, Dylan got a spot. Um, Tom Atkinson was training with us, who was a good Ironman at the time. Um, Alex Tibbetts got one, I got one. Um, there was a bunch of us and I got myself in and then proceeded to get absolutely smashed for a summer <laughs> and run 17th and 16th and I think out of 12th, and, but I was in the series and yep. I probably knew deep down that I was never going to be Shannon or Zane or Kai Hurst or anything like that. But I was living my dream and doing it for a living kind of, well, semi for a living kind of thing. So I was happy to be there. And yeah, it was rad. Like we had a really good time and I look back on it. I wish I'd enjoyed it more kind of thing because I was super stressed about coming 16th and not coming in the top 10 so I could re-qualify and all those sorts of things along the way. But um, we had a hell of a lot of fun and I got to do it with all of my best mates, which was the best part about it. Um, we There was a few guys in there that were just training partners or just part of the squad. But outside of that, they're still the guys now that if we're going away, like I'm in a group message with these guys and if we're going away they're the guys I'm going away with and they will be the guys I go on holidays with and all that for the rest of my life so I got um yeah I got lucky that I got to do that as well we'd travel fly together go to wherever have a really really good time and um just got to race Ironmans for a living so it's pretty good now, I'm guessing though, even though you made the series, it wasn't all lavish lifestyles, five star. No, no <laughs> we were poor as. We're still like, there was four of us living in this house that Pulley's old man owned up at Ren. Oh, it was in Ren Crescent in Budrum. And Pulley and myself, um, Alex Tibbetts, and a guy who used to be on the radio here who I love to death, Angus O'Loughlin. Um, and then Jack kind of lived on our couch for a bit and there was a couple of and because we were the only ones around here without parents and we're all 18 19 20 if we were having a party we were going to our place in and we'd do an off season of six weeks and we'd just it was like animal house for six weeks and then it'd just go back to this lifestyle of like all we did was train and we'd be good for i don't know a couple of months and we'd have one or two nights and then yeah we were just Lucky Kellogg's kept sending pulley cereal, otherwise we would have been in heaps of trouble. <laughs> we would have been in heaps of trouble, so shout out to Nutrigrain for that because we all ate off Nutrigrain for a little while. But yeah, it was rad. It, we weren't, or I wasn't a professional in the sense, like I wasn't working a job, but I was, I remember I drove to Newcastle to race an Ironman because I had no money and they 
I won and they paid me in a check and I was filthy because I couldn't fill my car up on the way home to get back to the Sunshine Coast. Um, I'd ring dad and ask for like 50 bucks to fill my car up and then wait two days till the check cashed. And I was, I thought they were going to pay me cash and it was going to be all sweet. But yeah, it was just, just stuff like that. Like it wasn't the glory days or anything people talk about. And they do, like I've heard stories of guys making one who shall remain nameless made 70,000 in his first year in the Uncle Toby series, I think, and came 17th overall. So $70,000 worth of prize money to finish 17th. Um, I didn't make 70,000 over a couple of years in terms of money. So it wasn't lavish, but I didn't get into it for the money. And it was enough to get by and it was, it was rad. Like, I look back on those days and we talk about it every now and again, like they were the good old days for us and it was sick, like, yeah. But that obviously led to the more races and the cool and get a gold. Yeah, yeah, I got better. Um, I grew, I became a better athlete and mine was like a slow progression, like such a slow progression. And I went from getting 15ths to getting nines, tens and twelves and then a couple of years I was getting fourths and fifths and sixths in there and that's probably where like I peaked I had a run up the beach with Shannon at Surface Paradise and he got me and I don't know how he got me because and he won't mind me saying he's not the fastest (laughs) well and I must be slower because he got me up the beach at Surface and I finished fourth and that was my best ever result in the series and um and yeah, I just kept growing and as an athlete and grew and, and progressed. And then I fell out of the series. I had a, an ankle injury that I just didn't stop running on. Like I couldn't be told to stop and I dropped out of the series. And that was good. That was a super humbling experience as well. And to see something that you want so bad and then not to be able to do it. And people kind of didn't get it at the time, but it was this all or nothing thing. You'd have a trial in September and you were either in or you're out and you finish in the top 10 the season before or the top 10 in the trial and you got the whole summer and you got to travel and you're on TV and you did all these things. And if you missed it, you went to Maroochydore local carnival with the other guys in the squad, but you didn't get to fly to Bondi and race at night under lights at Bondi in front of everyone. And you didn't get all those sorts of things. And I pushed and pushed and pushed and, and got to the point where I was so injured going into the trial and I missed out and um, it was good. It was probably the best thing that happened for me because I had not an ego, but I was a bit arrogant and I just, I thought it was my whole world. Like it was, I'd made this Iron Man thing everything and I realized at that moment that I was in this shitty little bubble that like the rest of the world didn't care about like everything I was dealing with was Iron Man and when I got out of it nobody treated me any different like I'd, yeah I didn't get to go to six surf carnivals with my mates but my parents still loved me people still treated me the same and I learned this massive lesson that um, my ego was getting in the road and I came back a way better athlete because of it afterwards and I was less stressed about it and I was I was less arrogant about it and I guess that kind of led into I had a string of third places in the cooling out of gold. Um, the three in a row? Yeah, I think I had four in the end. Um, four third places and a fifth and a sixteenth or something. Like, I don't even know what it was. Um, 
yeah, and I just kept getting third. I got third to Kane once. I got third to Ali and um, Ali and Tibbetts, who were all training together. I got third there, and then Ali and Nathan Smith, which was cool because. Like, I didn't want to come third, but I loved racing with Nathan Smith. Like, he was my hero, one of my heroes growing up, so to race him was pretty cool. And um, and then uh, for some reason I had to go back, oh, I had to go back to the trial, the Ironman trial, and I just had a gut full of going back to this stupid race every September. And I was just over it. Like, it made my, it made my winners hard and all this. And I'd gotten to the age of 27, and I just said to King, I'm like, this is my last one. Like... I'll just keep going until I don't like until I have to trial again and then I'm not doing it like um and I went down to the trial and it was the fittest I'd ever been and I was on fire and the trial was at a place called Salt which is down near Kingscliff on the other side of the coast first race and I'm leading by a mile like no dramas at all and it was three race accumulator you add your points up over the three the first one I got no stress I'm out in front going to the last ski leg and there was a bit of a wave on and I remember this me trying to duck under this wave and leaning back and seeing my ski go so high in the sky like I've never seen it go so high and I just I remember just being like that's not good and as it kind of landed a wave hit it washed all the way back to the beach and I think I finished like last in the final or whatever it was and knew I wasn't going to get in from that point like you just you got to have top 10 results to get in and I just knew I was out next race I got second or third and I was done I just I got on the drink that night and um we Matt and I pull in I because he was already through we had a retirement party um just me and him (laughs) um because I decided I was done and then just didn't go training for the next week and Kingy's ringing me, ringing me, ringing me, you should do the gold, you should do the gold. I'm like, nah, nah, done that, come third and that enough. I don't need to come third again. Like, it's whatever, mate, I'm done. Um, and he rings me one last time and he said, he said, can you do this for me? And after this, we're done. Like, no matter what the result is, he said, you have to promise me that you'll be done and I'll promise you that I won't bother you anymore after this one. And and like Michael had taken up that point in my life like a father figure, not that dad wasn't around, but he was the only one looking out for me on the coast at that point. And he asked me to do it because he knew it was the right thing. Like he knew that I'd, I had more to give and I was so fit at that point that it'd be a shame to waste it and so he rang me and asked and i said yes and i was filthy but we went back to training and i trained it was probably eight weeks to go until the gold at that point and i everything kind of changed because i knew it was the end and it was like oh well like and our relation michael and i my relationship changed i'd be like oh i hate going to maroochydore when it's windy and stuff he's like all right let's you can go to the river instead and all of a sudden i really enjoyed it like it was awesome because i i didn't do any of the things i hated doing and did all the things that i loved and not taking soft options mm. but it was like i don't want to go and do skills at maruchi anymore i suck at that i want to go and grind on the river at like kiwana for a couple of hours and he's like yeah go do that like and alex wright who ended up coming third in the gold as well he trained with me he was just a junior at the time and he came and did everything with me like side by side like the kids as hard as nails Mm. like he's as tough as they come and i was busting my butt 
and Wrighty was unbelievable. And we trained together and it was funny. So everyone was lined up to do the race that year. Everyone wanted to do it. And then Kane put his hand up and he'd been out for a few mm. years and Ali was out that year. And as soon as Kane put the hand up, everyone else was like, oh, I've got a sore shoulder or I've got a sore leg or it's just not the right timing or I haven't done enough work. And they just started dropping like flies and I was in and I just didn't care. And I'd, I'd been beaten by Kane before, so it was no big deal. Like it's, <laughs> it's not like I'm a boxer with an undefeated record or something like worried about taking a loss. Like we'll just put our foot on the line mm. and go to war and whatever happens, happens. So um, there was... It was, yeah, it was interesting. And I wasn't in any different headspace before it than I was after it kind of thing. But a couple of things happened beforehand. Sorry, I'm dragging on. But a couple of things happened beforehand that kind of switched me over. I I was working in the news at that time over there and I was in a, like in a weird place where I was interviewing other guys who were doing the race. And I went down and interviewed Sam Bull who ended up coming third. And he's a great guy. He's the best bloke in the world. Um, but Steve Pullen was there and Steve Pullen took a shot at me while I was interviewing him um, for the news that I was overrated and that Sam was gonna beat me and all this. And I didn't say anything and didn't, and the boys on the news did. The guys who were reading at the time took a shot back. But I just, I'd never had someone be so disrespectful to my face. And that like really angered me. And then two nights later, we had a, um, we had like a retirement party. Well, they put on a retirement party because I think they were glad to see me go, <laughs> um, the squad and stuff. So I was kind of like, oh shit, there's, oh sorry, I swear. Yeah. But there's all this, not pressure, but there, there was an expectation there. Like I, everyone had done all this stuff for me and I had to go out reasonably well kind of thing. And, and in all honesty, the, the pulling thing had fired me up pretty, pretty bad because I just, that's not the way I, I operate. Like mm. I'll be super honest and sometimes it comes off as disrespectful and stuff like that, but it's honesty. Whereas I think he was just deliberately trying to roll me out and it worked. So um, we got in on race day and it was just, it was a weird one. Kane had just done his um, chin up. So he'd yeah. done 14 million chin ups. Got the world record. Yeah, he was a world record holder at that time. He beat a guy by the name of Dave Goggins, who I listened to an interview with him the other week and he's the only bloke to ever go through Navy SEAL training three times. And Kane did more chin-ups than he did in 24 hours. So you can tell how hard Kane is. He's as tough as nails. And I really like him. He's, I don't know if we're similar because he's a better Ironman and probably tougher than I am, but I like to think that we're similar in attitude. And um, he, I was so into it and it was just, I don't know, it was a weird one. Like there was no pressure, but there was a lot of expectation. And when I say there's no pressure, like we went out for dinner with all our mates the night before and they all went to the Coolangatta Hotel and it was like eight o'clock. I'm like, oh, I'll come to the pub and just sat there. Like it just was what it was. Like I wasn't stressed about it. And not that I went and had 10 beers or anything, but I just sat at the pub till nine o'clock with my old man and my mates and then went back and and they all turned up that day hungover as all, <laughs> as all hell. But we went on the line and um, we just went at it and Kane got away in the ski 
as he always did and as I sort of expected him to. And I kind of thought maybe my race was run and I got off the ski maybe fifth or sixth and there was a couple guys in front of me. And the swim and people don't understand the gold and people probably don't care, but it's a race that's won at Burley, like it's won in the swim and the board and anyone who tells you otherwise doesn't understand who wins it and how they win it. Like Ali, Kane, Shannon, Reese Drury, all those guys are great ski paddlers and stuff, but what they did was swim and board paddle better than the rest of the field because there's guys who can ski paddle, but you gotta be able to then get off, run over a hill, and basically just suffer for the next two hours. And and if you think that the ski, the ski and the run, they're important, but by the time it gets to the run, the thing's over. Nobody passes anyone, give or take a few. It's one in there. So I I just knew I had to have the best swim of my life. And I got in, I think I kind of had maybe five or six minutes on me going into the swim. Um, and then coming out, he had, I think it ended up being like 70 seconds. So I'd taken four or five minutes off him in the swim. And I knew he was hurting because in the past, he'd never dropped that much time. And I got on the board and in second place and I could see him and I was starting to bring him in and I was bringing him in and bringing him in and it got to like 30 seconds. And a couple of guys on the jet skis were telling me that like, he's hurting, like you're bringing him in. And then just as I got to him, he sat up and I was like, oh, this isn't good. Like, what's going on here? And he was holding his shoulder and I think he'd ripped his bicep or something doing the chin-ups. And I kind of paddled over and I was like, come on, Mike, get on, let's go. And he was like, what? And I was like, come on, like, jump on the back. And we weren't far from Karamba and I'm like, I'll paddle you to, because I kind of knew what, what people would say if he pulled out it's like oh, yeah only one if um because kane pulled out and that could be true kind of thing like but i wanted to see like i wanted to paddle him to Carumban where he's um where it would just be the run leg to go and his arm wouldn't matter and then we'd really see who could run the last 8k are you thinking all this stuff at the time yeah like or... i knew yeah straight up as yeah. soon as i saw him pull up that i was like angry because I wanted to race him like I wanted to go head to head with him and that if I then did win would it be oh you only won but and it's probably like it's pretty legitimate I'm not like I understand um so I was like come on let's go get on and he kind of took a few more strokes and he's like no I'm done and I was like come on mate like and I didn't say it like that but I kind of swore at him and was like just get on the back and I'll get you to crumb and and then we'll do this like we'll do this properly um but he was cooked and done so then I just sort of went and yeah it was weird from there on out like I hadn't thought and it always in my mind the way it was always going to play out was I'd be 30 seconds 40 seconds a minute behind and I was going to have to try and run him down and at this point I get to the sand and I'm five minutes in front and just have to trot home like no and i'll never and michael was like at karamba and he was like don't do anything stupid like just don't be dumb and you'll win and i just got in and was cruising yeah the whole way home so and it was cool like it was people talk about like i have this thing that you get rewarded not for um 
not for like the work you do straight away, but you get rewarded for like down the track kind of thing. So maybe that was like reward for swimming and a bunch of other things sort of come together there. So I got, I got lucky and um, watching, well, like looking back at it now, I always say to people that like, I'm the worst bloke to ever win that race. And people get really like, I think it offends them kind of thing. Like, oh, you shouldn't say that about yourself. You should have more pride. But like, since I've gotten into commentary and being in the news and stuff that like, honesty is a really big thing for me. And like, you look at that honor roll down there and there's like, Kane that's won it five times and Ali who's won everything else and like Reese Drew he was in the series for years Kingy um, Guy Leach Zane Holmes like you go through that list and there is a hell of a lot of titles there and then you go through my resume and it's like one cool and got a gold <laughs> and I'll take it and I'm stoked I did it and man we had a good time with it and it's all good but I it's funny I'm happy like just being on the list kind of thing like and I think um, people find it maybe it's self-deprecating or whatever it is but um, I am like you know in all honesty I'm probably the worst bloke to ever win that race but I still won the race like mm. you no, had to be in it to, yeah you had to be in it to win it so <laughs> um, it was just a weird one I wasn't expecting it I wasn't yeah I whether I deserve it or not it's probably not up for me to to say but yeah it was rad I'm so stoked it happened and I wouldn't give it back that's for sure <laughs> Hi, Courtney from CycleZone Mooloolaba, home of the techno gym My Cycling Smart Trainer. Simply pair your favourite app like Zwift or Training Peaks, then strengthen your performance with a virtual coach by your side at any time of the day, free of traffic and rain. Check it out at CycleZone Mooloolaba, home of the latest specialised Cervelo and Cannondale bikes. There it is. So I'm just put in front of you the back page of the Sunshine Coast Daily. What a rag. Post gold. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, what was it like running out that shoot? It was cool. Um, the coolest part was seeing, like, the before you come up the shoot up Cool and Gatta, you go up a set of stairs, and I saw Kingy before the set of stairs, and then Mum and Dad, and then the boys, and we got a bunch of well, the boys took selfies, but we got a bunch of photos as I was running <laughs> down, and like. I don't know what to do when you cross a line. Like I'd never won anything worth. <laughs> so, and it's funny, like at that point, I had enough time to sort of stop and think, well, what am I gonna do here? And I'd always got a bit rough on people who just acted like it wasn't anything. Um, but so yeah, I was stoked and it was, yeah, it was rad. Like I was, I was really, um, yeah, really proud and yeah, it is what it is. It was just a good day and that feeling was pretty good. And um, yeah, it was the result of, a, I guess, a lot of hard work from a lot of people um, coming together and then a hell of a lot of luck as well. Like if you, if you can't admit that there's other, like I, I had a good race, I had a great day, like probably my best day, Kane definitely didn't have his best day and the other guys they were pushing hard but they they just didn't I guess have enough and it, yeah you just got to take it when it comes because it doesn't come around all that often and yeah it was pretty rad like it was just a weird a weird 24 48 hours like it wasn't what I was expecting like it was what I was hoping for but it wasn't mm. yeah I didn't ever expect it which was pretty cool 
Well, that signaled the end of surf sports yeah. for you. What a way to go out. Walked but away <laughs> off into the sunset. <laughs> um, then triathlon. Yeah, well, I don't know, yeah. It, I just did nothing for a little while. It's, I don't know, it, triathlon's cool. Um, I like it. I watched it when I was a kid. I I met a few good triathletes in different ways. When I was, it's funny, the, I'm looking at the back page now and it's me on one side and um, Bugsy on the other, Aaron Royal, who I think the Noosa try might have been the same day. I grew up in Wollongong swimming with Bugs um, when we were kids. So there was the N-Swiss triathlon program and Jamie Turner, the coach, was there and he used to bring along these kids and they were my age, but these kids that couldn't swim and they'd try and swim with us. And, um, and it was funny because I definitely didn't give him enough credit at the time because I was this, I thought I was shit hot and I was such a good swimmer and I was gonna go to the games and all these guys can't swim. But what I didn't know is they were some of the best in the world coming through. Like there was Brendan Sexton was there who went to the games, Aaron Densham who got a bronze at the games, Bugsy who's one of the best in the world. Like they were all there at that time. So I was around triathlon a lot when I was a kid and there were some other ones there who were fantastic. Um, and I'm, I got the same story as everyone else. It's like a broken record. I used to watch it on Wide World of Sports on a Sunday morning <laughs> and you'd see the Hawaiian Ironman and there was like Welshy and all those guys. And, and then there was a time there when the Ironman series was aligned with um, that F1 triathlon series that one summer. And it was just always in the periphery and um, Hawaii is widely regarded as the hardest day in sport. and. I just had that attitude of like, if it's tough, that's what I want to do. So I was like, well, I can, it seemed a bit more social than surf was. Like I could ride with a bunch of guys, I could run, I could take my bike if I moved. And at the time I was working in news, so I probably thought I was gonna have to move to Sydney or Melbourne or Brisbane or something. And if I moved, I could take my bike and run and it wouldn't be a big deal. So I just thought I'd have a go at that and so it was um, pretty well exactly 12 months wasn't it after you won the gold that you made yeah like the debut was it yeah Nusa? yeah and i did, i kind of did nothing for the first six months and then through a mutual friend of mine got in contact with a coach in um a guy by the name of brett davidson in um sydney who he works really closely with craig alexander and we met in a hotel one day and um I wanted to go and ask Crowey for a photo, but I was too chicken. And then Box came over and said, hey, Crowey's over there, wants to meet, just saw you won the gold, do you want to have a chat? And I was like, this is weird. Like, I'm, I was fangirling something fierce. And we had this conversation and um, Crowey's a really big fan of, of surf sports and wants to do the gold. So we had this really good chat. and. Box Brett Davidson ended up coaching me, and and he's coached me ever since. And so I did the Noosa try, and I did all right, and rolled around, and, and not too bad. And then was it third in your age group though? Yeah, time? I think something like you that. Yeah, yeah. As a surprise, surprise, blinding swim. Yeah, well, it's all I could do at that uh, point. A bike, terrible bike, ride. It wasn't. Bike was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't. Let's be honest. Brilliant. It wasn't great. But it was, you know, it was not. That was about a one oh three, I think, from yeah. which is not horrible for no. a lot of age group. No, no, no. And but I always remember coming down the hill at Noosa, and I was so scared, and I still get scared. <laughs> but I'm on the brakes going seventy k an hour. 
Empire and there was this old bloke and he might have been 75 and he was going 75 past me and I'm on the pegs like holding on just didn't want to come off and it was windy and it was really stressful in all honesty um because it fills you with confidence coming down that hill when they put oh, the hay bales there too. So, which is, yeah. Yeah, which would be lovely to hear. And you see the ambo at the bottom there just <laughs> waiting for the for the crash. It's terrifying. Um, and then I had another good experience. I went to Geelong and did a half maybe three months later or two months later. Um, and I, I'll never forget it. And it, um, I ran into Caroline Stefan, who'd been swimming with us at the airport, and she said to me, have you got your nutrition plan sorted? And I said, yeah, it'll be sweet. Like, I'll drink some bottles on the bike, and then I'll, like, take a gel on the run, and I'll be all good. And she kind of laughed, and I was like, whatever. Like, I'll be fine. I can do this. And then I went to Geelong, and I, as I got on the bike, I kicked one of my bottles off, dropped basically every bottle I tried to grab through the aid stations and got to the run an absolute walking zombie like a zombie <laughs> where I was like dribbling out of one side of my face and like I was doing that shuffle that everybody does and it was so bad and I crossed the line and I think I was like I must have been fifth in my age group because I wanted to get a spot at the sunny coast and I missed. I didn't get a spot by one. And we went and sat in a pub across the road and the guys that I was with, they got a bucket of Coronas and I proceeded to vomit into that bucket of Coronas for about an hour and a half afterwards because I just couldn't stomach any fluid and it was the worst experience of my life. Like I'd never been that far gone. and. I was like, so this is hard. like, and this was hard and I wasn't good at it. And that was what made it better. Um, I think if I'd have been good at it at the start, I would have just done one or two and then that'd be that. I think cause it sucked and cause I sucked at, and I still do. Um, that was what made it a real challenge. So, and then I went and did a, a full Ironman in New Zealand mm. and that was just as bad. That like, was like you on your ass a bit, didn't it? Yeah, real bad. Um, <laughs> I think I went to the sunny coast in between these and did did well mm. and I don't know I'm losing but I did all right. Because really you did hit the hill of the west wasn't that off the back of that was yeah. February last year where you went really well. Yeah, I'm trying to line them up but all I know is yeah, hell of the west was rad. Gundy was sick. It was hot and miserable yep. and the water was thick like a milkshake. It was like, um, but when I went to New Zealand, I thought. And a little bit arrogant as well as like, I'll get a spot and like, I'll come top five in my age group or whatever. I'm swimming really well and I had no dramas. It'll be fine. Um, and I got crook two weeks before or whatever and thought it'd be okay. And I swam reasonably well, like first out of the swim, got on the bike and the days leading up had been, it was the most beautiful, it was in Taupo in NZ. It was the most beautiful place I'd ever been. And then I woke up that morning and I said to Dale, I was like, who's banging at our door? And I went outside and it was the wind moving the um, fly screen on the door and it was blowing. And I got off the bike first in as the age groupers because it's a mass start over there, which was cool. Um, and then as I'm riding out, I, I realized that I was way out of my depth for how windy it was. Like I couldn't get down on the drop bars and I couldn't get down on the aero bars and stuff because it was so windy and... I was probably riding 15k an hour on the way out and then like 50k an hour on the way back and it was just I was I've never been so stressed for a five hour period like genuinely stressed I I was riding back at 50 clicks an hour the wind blew me 
into the other lane and blew the guy coming the other way off the side of the road and into the gravel. And I was like, this is not for me. Um, but everyone else around me, just it was like nothing. It was no issue at all. There was an age group guy, Dan Plews, who coaches some pretty good triathletes. And he smashed us. Like, I, I think I got out 10 minutes in front of him in the swim and he caught me by like, k15 or something on the bike like he destroyed us to another level and then i just battled all day and battled and battled and battled and i missed out again by one spot um and again it was probably a good thing like uh, not that i was arrogant i thought i was good at it or anything like that but i didn't like the challenge is good it's the thing i've realized later in life is like life is actually about challenges and if anyone's listening, this is probably terrible advice coming from a 30 year old who hasn't had a real job in his entire life. But the challenge is what makes like things more meaningful and you should search out challenges and, and things that you're bad at, go and get good at them because it's the things that teach you about life. So I did, like I learned, well, I tried to learn to ride in the wind. I tried to improve my bike. I did a bunch of things that made me a better triathlete. And um, to the point where then I went to WA at the start of last year, or start of this year, end of last year? December, December, yeah. yeah. And they cancelled the swim (laughs) because there's a fish and a small fish from all reports, but still a fish. and I managed to get a spot anyway. Was that, um, but just going back to that, when, yeah. when they were standing there and they cancelled the swim. Yeah. Filthy. <laughs> filthy. Like, the only way to describe it, filthy. Because <laughs> um, here's a bloke that's going to swim. What are you swimming for an Ironman? You've got, what, yeah. high four, 40s? Yeah, well, like, I'd, I'd like to swim somewhere in mid to high 40s. Yeah. Um, and quite often that's pretty similar to what the elite guys are doing. Yeah. If and not I'd, quicker. That's where I'd, yeah, try to set myself. Whatever the pro guys are trying to do it is where I'd like to swim most times. And quite um, often looking at your times, you're always quicker than some of them. Yeah, yeah. If um, not on a par. Yeah, 100%. And I don't try not to swim 100%, but I end up, I generally come out second, third, fourth overall. Um, So to have an hour of the race cut out and I've traveled all the way to WA, um, family's there, I want to get this spot. And, um, but that, it's kind of one of those things, it's like, oh, well, it's just another challenge. Like, um, triathlon's a weird weird sport like and you don't need me to tell you that but there was this vibe around the beach after that where it was like thank god like everyone was like we're just gonna ride hard and run hard and this is the best thing ever and i'm probably me and two other blokes are miserable and that's it (laughs) but i it was cool because it was a it just showed that like hey i'm not just a swimmer and i had improved my bike and i rode 445 for the bike and ran 320 which wasn't great but it was 38 degrees and i was cooking with gas but um i i proved to myself that i could do that and not that i'm like i'm not young for dino but i went from being an absolute kook on the bike to hey i'm not too bad at this like and i improved all the things that i was so terrible at at new zealand um, and got a spot without even swimming. So that was probably, that was like the 
the best day I've had, not in terms of performance, but just in terms of like, it was a challenge and that's what's good about it. Those challenges are the most important thing. And if you can rise up and you don't even have to smash it, but just like meet it with a good effort, then you'll get more out of it than doing easy things. It's gotta be said that a lot of people fell apart that day, didn't they? Yeah, cooked with gas. Um, A bloke I rode with the whole way, we rode in a line of a couple of guys and, he we rode 445 the same exact same time and he ended up running six hours and i ran 320 but it was just that there's just an attitude in triathlon and people probably don't like hearing it but it's just whoever can ride the fastest is the big dog like and that's rad like if that's what you're there for cool like i'm all about it um but I'm kind of about getting to the end quick. Like I'd much rather get to the end and finish a race. And and if I wanted to ride fast, I'd go do cycling and that. And I'm not saying that fast bike riders isn't great, but that day there was an attitude of, I don't have to swim so I can ride as hard as I possibly can. And I got off the bike um, 17th or 18th in my age group and would have been in the 90s or 100 overall in terms of the age groupers and then ran my way into fourth um on the run like everyone just went way too hard and it was evident we were in a group of about maybe 10 guys and not drafting which was surprised me because i thought everyone would be drafting pretty hardcore but they were taking turns and keeping a good distance and only myself and the guy that i rode with stopped at the halfway point to get like um special needs bags and get more drink bottles and it was 36 degrees like yeah we gave up a minute or whatever but we also rode past those blokes with 20k to go because they were just cooked and it was just I think being smart is a big thing and I'm not a smart guy but I probably talk to enough smart people that and listen to the right people about it's a saying run five uh, ride five hours run five hours like triathlon's funny like that um people still ask you what you rode regardless of whether you won or like who cares I'd like if I win and ride seven hours does it really matter or I could come last and ride four hours like I just I don't have that sort of need to prove myself there like I'd rather ride slow and run fast and yeah but it's just it's a different set and it's cool to see and it's cool to see people's different attitude and it's cool that it's like and I'm not saying this because I'm better or I know better but it's just an interesting mindset that and it was really evident that day when they didn't have to swim was just even standing around listening to people talk was I'm going to give everything I've got on this bike because I didn't have to swim and I'm in a good place here and this is my opportunity to get a spot Mm. in Hawaii and um, I was lucky enough to get a spot which was pretty cool Mm. and it was one of those like lifelong dream tick the box go to Hawaii hopefully don't end up a walking zombie and ride too hard (laughs) now I've said this I know I will but um, yeah it was cool it was just yeah, challenge, and hopefully I did a good job at it. Well, qualifying that that long ago, so it's been a it's been a slow burn in the yeah. lead up now, heading uh, not not far away. Yeah, heading to Hawaii. What's uh, what's it. it been like? Oh, it's been it's been well. The first couple of months, I didn't do anything. Work got really hectic, and I'm working with Sunshine Beach Surf Club up there, and I got a bunch of kids that I coach. Hi, David from LA Sport. If you're looking for running and performance footwear, visit us in store at 34 Brisbane Road, Malulabar. 
come test out a range of footwear from brands such as Hocker, Asics, Brooks, Mizuno, Nike and Ultra on our in-store running track. And if you're looking for running apparel and triathlon accessories, we stock a wide range of products that will help you perform at your best on race day. After going to Basso, I started working with, well, I'd been working with Sunshine Beach Surfing and got a bunch of kids there. And um, there, I was really determined not to let them down kind of thing. So I put everything into making sure they'd have a good season and good Aussie titles and um, wasn't doing a whole lot of training. And then they did, they did a great job. I was so proud of them. Like they smashed it and it was so good to see. And it was cool to be able to like give back a little bit and see them um, achieve something. But I, in all honesty, they probably would have done really well without me anyway. <laughs> um, they're just good kids and they train hard and yeah. So I didn't do much until maybe April or May and then got into it and got fit. And the last couple of, well, last couple of months have been like full steam ahead, which has been really good. And I guess it's one of those races where you can just never do enough and that's all right it, it suits me down the work suits me down to the ground that like it's just i call it long pointless exercise but i think that undersells it a little bit um the professional guys are some of the best athletes on the planet um hands down bar none to do the work they do day in day out for the season they do for the pay they get like i see them around the coast and they're unbelievable athletes um they're different to surf ironman guys like Surf Ironman guys are a little bit more powerful and there's more strength and they've got to battle. What people don't understand about surf stuff is that imagine if you're playing footy and then all of a sudden the ground decides to attack back kind of thing. Like you don't have it and you deal with the surf. You're not only racing the people around you, there's every chance that a swell could come and just snot you on and for no other reason than bad luck or bad timing, you don't get a win that day. Or imagine kicking for goal in the AFL grand final and they just randomly move the posts after you've like sent the ball off your boot. It's surf's just a different different world and there's a different attitude there you have to have that little bit more relaxed attitude because if you didn't you just tear yourself up because you can do all the work in the world and sometimes it just doesn't work out um whereas these try guys the best guys are animals mate you see the likes of yarn and um Braden curries up the coast and cam brown's floating around and they're just animals and crowy like i've had a few conversations with craig alexander who won three one ironman's one of the all-time greats and it's not what he says it's the way he says things like i heard him say to someone oh the person said oh i almost collapsed after my run the other day and as deadpan as you've ever heard he's like isn't that what happens every time like it's just that attitude of like you turn yourself inside and i don't know whether he was serious or whether it was a joke or whatever but if he says it i believe it kind of thing and um he's an animal and they're just a different level of like commitment and and because you can't you just get found out like that's the reality of it you get found out so quick um and i've been found out a bunch of times and my swim's gotten worse as i've done more triathlon but i'm okay with that like i'm not out there to be the fastest swimmer i'm trying to get to the end as quickly as possible and and i'm just a punter age grouper at the end of the day and i'm happy doing that and um there's some great age groupers out there like there's some dudes that work as hard as pro guys out there just for the age group thing so if i can finish in the top 
100 in Hawaii, in uh, top 50 in my age group, I don't know, somewhere in there, then I'd be stoked because it's just the worst day in sport in the best way. Like, it's so good. Um, so what's been training been like for you? When, what do you give us an idea of what you've been doing in recent yeah, weeks. Been doing some good stuff. Like, I'd, and I'm not one to brag about training hard or anything like that but it's been genuinely like really really hard and it's been really good i got i'm lucky with work at the moment i got a little bit of spare time before the season really ramps up so i've had plenty of time to ride and run and been swimming at, at sages at kiwana with that group there and then i jump in after work every now and again at noosa up the top um and get a dose of jr every now and again um he's good um we suit each other but sage has been fantastic he's been a really really good good coach um riding i've been getting good k's in like i don't know about distances it doesn't probably really matter but riding four or five times a week and yep. getting the work done and when you're riding like what do you how long you're riding for typically uh or midweek i'll probably get i can get two and a half hours in in the morning most days um or well a couple of days a week on the weekends do my long ride saturday sunday um and we just build those sundays up like last not sunday just gone but the one before that was 210k um and i'm not fast but i get it done mm-hmm. um so i'm like good distances and riding proper stuff like probably maybe had 10 or 12 days around that 180 mark um which has been good and then running's running's been hard like running off the bike's different and um my run's been improving but it's not fantastic by any stretch of the imagination like if i can run 310 to 320 in hawaii i'd be stoked um which is a tough ask and had sunday was a really hard one it was like it was an awesome one and i don't know whether crowley wants me to tell or whatever but he has a test set he does every year and he does um 130k on the bike the last 50k at race pace full-blown time trial and then 16 1000s and depending on how fast you are and mine was like hold 345 on 445 but you have a minute's rest and he there's vision of him on youtube doing it with i think marinda carfra and stuff in boulder at altitude running like he's running like 315s or something like he's an animal and i just suffered my way through that rubbish on sunday so (laughs) it was good like it was cool to do and i like that sort of stuff and but he's the he's the real deal he's the boss and if he like whatever i run he's running minutes quicker than i am over a k so it was cool we had jack hansen who's coach at alex and one of my best mates he was out there riding on the bike alongside me which was good i wish he'd do some running next to me but (laughs) the bike was good enough so yeah it was rad i like that session and it's a good way to suffer and did it in the heat of the day as well this is you just got to do it like yeah it's a challenge and i suffered afterwards but it's all good so are you suffering more soon through some of this stuff than you did during surf it's different it's this is more um this is more like the pounding on your legs and the punishment kind of thing whereas surf was like you just get tired and fatigued and there was a lot of like high intensity Mm. and then the aerobic stuff in between and you surf was all about iron man is all about transition and transitioning from 
going swim to board, board to ski, but going from upper body to lower body. And, and that's what Michael does really well. And that's why you see a lot of the guys move from New South Wales to Queensland is because the water's warm and you can do transition. So you can swim, run, board run, ski run, and that blood down to your legs, blood to upper body. Whereas this is more, you ride for five hours or four hours or whatever. And it's just your legs getting a punishment kind of thing. So it's different in that sense. And I've got to try and not that I have big shoulders, but trying to lose my shoulders and my arms and it's just weight you don't want. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's just a different kettle of fish. Like they're not, they're less similar than they seem. Um, yeah, you swim and you run in both, but Ironman, and I think a lot of people probably don't get that, is Ironman's about your ability to transition from one to another as effectively as possible rather than um, being a good board paddler, a good ski paddler, a good swimmer. Guys like Kane, Pierce Leonard was a great example, Pool, like Pooley as well. Um, he's not the best swimmer in the field by country mile, but if you put swim third leg after ski board in an Australian final, he'd be the hardest bloke to swim around ever because he's good at swimming when he's tired and after coming off the skiing board and that's what it's more about whereas the gold is a little different it's kind of set and forget like you've got an hour and 45 on the ski so you've got to be a good ski paddler and then you can kind of work your way into the swim and you've got to be a good swimmer it's a little bit different to traditional Ironman racing so it's a yeah it's been good I'm I don't know, I'm not a good triathlete, that's for sure. But <laughs> I'm just having a crack, which has been fun, and we'll see how it goes. I could be a walking zombie in Hawaii for all I know. <laughs> It'd be sweet. Yeah. Um, so just nutrition-wise, what do you do now with triathlon? Um, and, and do you have to do much of it when you're in surf, or is it...? Sir, nah, surf was a bit different. We'd had a couple races where they'd get up to two hours and mm. stuff where we'd bring it in, and the gold, we had a nutrition plan, um, and you'd have a camelback on the ski, you'd, mm. I'd have a lot of gels and I got into the flat coke theory pretty early on and just drink flat coke the whole way home in the in the run and stuff but um triathlon's a whole yeah whole different scene done a lot of work with a guy by the name Daryl Griffiths who owns um shots um and he's a really good bloke and I think he's just taken me on as the pet project because he saw me in Geelong and he saw how bad I was and how much of a walking zombie I was and I think he was like if this kid keeps doing it he's gonna hurt himself so um I work with his staff and we've done sweat tests and um figured out how much liquid I need to take in and what shots and what to keep my stomach from getting upset because that was something that never I never realized in surf, like you run in between things, but you never get that upset stomach from taking in food and gels and stuff. But, um, and not that I've ever really had it in try either, but it, it's always an option. So we've come up with a plan and it's, well, I got a gel every 20 minutes on the bike and make sure I get through at least a bottle every 45 more if I can. And it's got the right levels of like all sodium and that. and. I kind of, I think I sound like I know what I'm talking about, but Daryl's the best, and he um, he actually cares, which is good. He will ring me and make sure I'm all right and want to know how I went and all that sort of stuff. And he's yeah, really good at what he does. So I got him looking after me, little uh, little angel on the shoulder there. So I'm not a walking zombie in Hawaii. Mm. Mum didn't 
mum saw me in Geelong race and she's like I'm never coming back to one of these things ever again she's like I'm not having a bar of this but we've convinced her to come back to Hawaii and maybe watch me there so we'll see we'll see how it goes so will the, uh, the Hawaii journey be a one-off do you think or yeah are you hooked? oh I'm, I'm into it I froth on it um yeah I don't, I don't honestly don't know I've never been more uncertain about something in my entire life in terms of um how it's going to go like normally racing everything up until this point even wa and a few of those triathlons i knew roughly that i'd be close to getting a spot or like in the top 10 in my age group and in surf i had a really good understanding of i'm in the top five or six or i'm in the bottom five or six and i might need a wave or whatever whereas this is just i got no idea i have no idea where this is gonna go um I think I'll have a good day. Like, I hope I'll have a good day. Um, I like the heat. So, but outside of that, mate, it could be anything. Like, who knows? So, I think if it's good, it might be a one-off. If it's bad, maybe I'll go back because of that challenge thing. Like, mm. and I don't think you ever get it. Well, from, I've spoken to three people who've won the thing and they have said to me openly that they've never got it right so i think it's one of these things that just keeps you coming back because you get it a little bit more right every time and but it, you never get it right i don't think you can get it right even when you win you don't get it right so if the bloke winning it can't get it right bloke like me who's coming 175th or whatever isn't going to be even close to it so i don't know i might go back I'll deal with that afterwards. We'll have some beers and yeah. it's, I don't know. There might be another, maybe there's another challenge. Like someone said to me the other day, reinventing yourself is, is actually the point of life. And like, this can get, this gets super woo woo, but um, like just finding something else that you rubbish at and like getting better at it and fine. And it might be, being having a family and being trying to get it become better as a parent or something like that or a better partner or just become a better person um but finding something else that you can improve at every day because i think that that is actually what it's all about i think that's why sport like touches so close to people i think because it's the struggle and the success that people can relate to and they want that in their life and whether they do it subconsciously or not, I don't know, but that will be the next thing. Like if I feel like it's a challenge, then yeah, I'll be back. But if there's another challenge, who knows? I don't know, I'll do something stupid, something else. Go <laughs> run an ultra marathon or something <laughs> like that. Mm. Well, Josh, you know, thanks for your time. I hope it didn't get too out there and, and crazy with it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. G'day. Darren Lockyer here. Queenslanders are famous for looking after each other. So it's good to meet a Queensland building team that really looks after its clients. I'm talking about Osmar and their new design studio, Atelia. Atelia is exclusive to Osmar clients. It has all the finishes for your new Osmar home in one location. That's over 300 square metres of floor-to-ceiling displays from all the top home brands. They even shouted me lunch. Osmar. We try harder to be a little bit better. QBCC 108 3000. That was Joshua Minogue. And for those who haven't heard the other recent podcasts from the likes of triathlete Nathan Fitzackley, trail runner Dylan Cole-Jones, blind swimmer Beth White, and Ironman world champion Jan Fredino, check them out on the Multisport Mega podcast feed. Until next time, when we catch up with another Sunshine Coast athlete. <laughs>